Welcome to the Pope on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood. Real thing, probably worth a Google. It is episode 264 of the podcast, and I'm a little bit high, just like this much, but I figured what with the movie that we're doing this week that it made sense. Yes, it did. I just took a bath with some THC bath salts, and it was very pleasant. Nice. I am very mellow right now. So I have a newfound respect for Cheech and Chong. (laughs) The first 15 minutes of Up in Smoke are hilarious. It's just like the beginning and then the end with the song, which I love. But like the middle I have is difficult, but the beginning and the end are great. So let's get to it. Buddy! Yes! Conspiracy theories are all the rage these days, especially with the clueless right. Because, of course, the political party that believes in miracles over science, history, facts, and reality would be the political party that swims in an ocean of nonsense. And that's where conspiracy theories come to play. How interesting that the political party that believes that there's a magical floating old white man in the sky doesn't believe in science. Yeah, so let's run through some conspiracy theories. First off, uh, a popular one right now amongst whites is that wealthy liberal George Soros secretly controls basically everything. Uh, George Soros is in control of everything the Republicans don't like. You know, I hear George Soros controls Antifa and Starbucks and libraries and dental hygiene. And that's why I don't wash my ass. So I really should expound on that. He, he's not like the only liberal rich guy. I love Bill Gates is not nearly getting as much heat as he deserves. Yeah. So so Bill Gates created the coronavirus as a secret ploy to microchip us and he is able to create this virus and have it affect everyone but he can't make a mp3 player that people want to buy no exactly i am supposed to believe that i like the george soros conspiracy theories because It's obvious that when people say George Soros, it's like, oh, someone's afraid of saying Jews. Yes. (laughs) I don't trust the Jews, but I can't say Jews. I'll just say George Soros. You know, it's, it's like if suddenly white people started saying, well, you know, um, Mexicans are coming over the border and ruining our country. And you know whose you know whose fault that is. Cheech. 
Yes. And it's like, okay, you don't want to say wetback. Just saying Cheech. Okay, that's fine. And, and people are still freaking out about over 5G because, okay, so so this is, this is the 5G conspiracy. So phone companies announce 5G, all new 5G. And then when they do that, then people start getting corona. And so all now all these gun-loving nut jobs think that there's a cause and effect relationship here. And they're going around destroying cell phone towers because they believe that 5G causes the coronavirus. But I dare say that you know what else happened at the same time as the 5G towers, Bunny? What happened at the same time as the 5G towers? Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop Show premiered on Netflix. So Okay, now, now we are talking about a causal relationship. Yeah, who's to say that Gwyneth Paltrow didn't start the coronavirus? Because I think it's pretty much scientific fact that prolonged exposure to Gwyneth Paltrow will make you sick. Yes, but I dare say, I'm sorry to say, that no, Gwyneth Paltrow's new Netflix show did not cause... The pandemic, but I know what did cause the coronavirus. I figured it all out. It makes sense. It's crazy. Okay. Right here on the Pope on Film podcast, I am premiering a brand new conspiracy theory. So buckle up, Buttercup, because the coronavirus has its origins in the year 1972. When Jerry Lewis began work on the controversial Nazi comedy, The Day the Clown Cried. The film was deemed so controversial, so amazingly controversial, that Jerry Lewis halted the film's release, hoarded all copies, and said that the film would only be released a certain number of years after Jerry Lewis's death. So Jerry Lewis died in 2017, and now the movie is scheduled to finally be released, per his request, on June 2024. Okay. I theorize, and this is the only thing that makes sense, the coronavirus was created by Jerry Lewis before his death to make sure that people wouldn't be alive to see his failure of a film. Well, that makes sense, because that was like my very first thought. You said 2024, and I'm like, I'm not sure if we're going to be here by then. Exactly! That's what the nutty professor wanted! <laughs> of course, he made the coronavirus. That he, The nutty professor made it in his lab! Yes. It's all there! It's all there! It makes sense, or at least as much sense as 5G Towers. Jerry Lewis is behind this. And you know what? I think that we should all get drunk. I think that alcohol is the only thing that can stop the coronavirus because Dean Martin would have survived. This is true. This is very true. We all need to get wasted. That's the only way to solve uh, Jerry Lewis's coronavirus. <laughs> I mean, so much sense. It's crazy. The only thing that makes sense. God damn it, I'm gonna live to see the day the clown cried. 
pissed off here. Hey! Yes. In 2020, it's hard to find anything to smile about. What with the global pandemic, apocalyptic climate change, corrupt government, police militarization and attacks on peaceful protesters and the civil unrest everywhere. It's hard to find a reason to smile nowadays, but don't worry your pretty little head, bunny. And because I have a story that is guaranteed to make you crack a big, honest smile. Okay. I love this story so much. In 2019, noted conservative shit-faced rat bastard Glenn Beck announced what a lot of oddly specific celebrities have been doing in recent years to make some money on the side. Glenn Beck was starting a cruise. Okay. You can go on the Star Trek cruise. There's like a Weezer cruise. Chris Jericho has a wrestle cruise every year. This is like the thing now. So so this is the all hate jamboree cruise. No. Glenn Beck's cruise through history. Brought to you by Glenn Beck and the good people at Costa Cruise Lines. 14-day, all-inclusive, relive history with trips to Rome, Italy, Croatia, Israel, and more. And the whole cruise, you'll be right there next to Mr. Milk is Too Spicy himself, Glenn Beck. (laughs) You can cruise. With Glenn Beck himself for the low, low price of only five to ten thousand dollars per person. More okay. if you want the VIP. It's the, the tickets are more if you want the VIP experience, which I assume with a one-on-one rim job from Bill O'Reilly. Yes. And sure, sure the tickets are non-refundable, but hey, it's 2019. Get ready for the time of your life. And let me tell you something. Nothing save an act of God herself will stop this cruise from happening. Summer 2020. I think I I could possibly, I mean, if I had a spare 10,000 laying around, I think it might be worth it for for Bill Riley to lick my asshole. Yeah. I think that's a very good selling point. But but the idea of Glenn Beck saying, yes, we're still signing people up for the cruise. Everybody come on down for the cruise. And yes, the tickets are non-refundable. But hey, nothing's going to stop us from hitting the waves and going to numerous countries in summer of 2020. So get your tickets now. So this week, BuzzFeed told the oh-so-sad story of the two. 1000 plus old white people who are now out of thousands of dollars because the tickets Aww. were non-refundable. Nice. And god god damn it if that doesn't bring a smile to your fucking face, doesn't it? Yes it does. All of these old white people upset because they're out of thousands of dollars because of Glenn Beck. Wow, that's a day brightener. You know? Yes it is. I I it it does make me happy that rich racists lose lots of money. 
I just think of all of these angry old white people on hold with some uh, cruise line company for two hours listening to the same uh, elevator music hold song over and over again. And I'm just so happy and just come along. It's a song that we're singing to make you happy. Just thinking about suffering. Just really does it for me. Schadenfreude, I believe is what that is called. Schadenfreude. And it's really wonderful. So there's a day brightener for all of you. Lord knows we all need it right now. Yeah, the voyage into whiteness is canceled. Yeah. Uh, Don't mind me. I'm just pulling up some lyrics. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, got it. Bunny! Yes! I would like to take some time here on the podcast to, uh, talk, uh, not with you, Lord, no, but... <laughs> I I would like to take some time here on the podcast to specifically address 1980s Canadian singer-songwriter Brian Adams. If that's right with you, Bunny. Um, Now, for the show it is. Okay. Other than that, I would really rather avoid any kind of conversation with Brian Adams. Gotcha. Uh, Yeah. All right. Uh, Brian Adams... Born in Kingston, Ontario, in November of 1959, which technically means, I don't think people realize this, that the song Summer of 69 is about a nine-year-old Canadian boy. (laughs) He's talking about like, hey, falling in love, I got my first real six-string. Bitch, you're nine. (laughs) Probably still in the bed, motherfucker. I think I, I'm willing, but I'm willing to overlook that factoid about that song because uh, that song slaps. So, Bunny. Yes. 1984, Brian Adams released the album Reckless. It had 10 songs on it, six of which were big time hit singles, including Summer of 69, I'm Gonna Run to You, and Heaven which reached number one in June of 1985. Now, I'd like to read to you some of the lyrics, if I may. If that's all right. Okay. Baby, you're all that I want when you're lying here in my arms. I'm finding it hard to believe we're in heaven And love is all that I need, and I found it here in your heart. It isn't too hard to see. You're in heaven. Uh, Brian. Mr. Adams. I I watched a lot of TV growing up. Uh, The old Twilight Zone. The new Twilight Zone. Both tales from both Crip and the Dark Side. Yes. Uh, what other um, Friday the Thirteenth the series and yes. Freddy's Nightmares? Yes. 
I've, I've watched. I watched all of these shows. So if there's the outer limits, the new outer limits. So if there's one thing that I know from hearing your song Heaven, reading the lyrics, oh, I'm finding it. I, I, I'm finding it hard to believe we're in heaven. You're in hell, motherfucker. You are in the bad place. Yes. And this is all just a trick to lull into security right before the hornets go up your asshole. I, I have seen this before. I have, I, I have, I have watched this before, Mister Adams. And you're so happy holding the love of your life, and you're finding it hard to believe you're in heaven. Try getting out of the bed. Try leaving the room. You can't do it. You are trapped. This is a trope. Yes. A trope, I tell. It's now, all right. But now Brian Adams did come out and say that the summer of '69 was named after the sexual position. There you go. Okay. That makes more sense. But he wasn't doing the sexual position when he was nine. I'm just saying. No. It, no, he the wasn't. song does lose a lot of its oomph when you realize, I got my first real six string and I got a brand new bike. Sure, it has some training wheels, but my dad says I'm doing it right. But it's much like Bruce Campbell, like we had said about Bruce Campbell. If you can't get Bruce Campbell, you get Jeffrey Combs. Yeah. You know, this is a lot more like you want to get Bruce Springsteen. You can't get Bruce Springsteen. And you're like, okay, let me get John Mellencamp. You can't get John just... Mellencamp. Then you finally, like, you fucking break down and you go to the flea market and you get yourself a Brian Adams. Yeah. But I love the idea that he was nine. They should really. <laughs> I got my first real pubic hair. You know, is what I'm saying. They should update the song. Yes. They should update it. Bunny! Yes! We've still got a full podcast to go here. We need to talk about a pandemic from the 1800s. We need to talk about my brother-in-law. We need to talk about Jeffrey fucking Jones. Really? Has he resurfaced? About- no, it's just it's just Jeffrey Jones is in this movie and I had to see is this before or is it after and it was right before. Yeah. It was right before. And it really is something to go to Jeffrey Jones's Wikipedia page and Jeffrey Jones is a celebrated actor and registered sex offender. And it's like, Jesus, okay. Getting to it right at the beginning. Are we? Wikipedia. All right then. So we still have a full podcast to go, but before we get to that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. Okay. We will be right back with more of the Pope on film after this. Okay, break. If you really want to hear about it, the first thing you probably want to know is where Bob was born and what Bob's lousy childhood was like and how Bob's born. 
parent occupied. All before they had Bob. And all that other David kind of Copperfield kind of shit. But Bob doesn't feel like going into it. If you want to know the truth. Oh, do you agree, Maxwell? Yeah, I do agree. I'm Peter Fonda. We've just finished making a movie dealing with the most talked about subject of the day, LSD. I honestly believe it will be today's most talked about motion picture. The name of the picture is The Trip. Here goes. off an orange cloud of light that just blows right out over the city. Beauty you cannot believe inundates you. Your world, the people world, is fragmented. Distorted. is a rainbow of ecstasy. The messengers of death pursue. Terrify you. I'm gonna die, man. Oh, no. Oh, I'm not. I don't want to die. If that happens to you again, you go ahead and go with it. Just go ahead and die. The wildest of pleasures possess you. It will blow your mind. for another exciting installment of Bunny Versus starring the incomparable Bunny Williams. Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you psyched? Are you primed? Are you revved up and ready to go? Sure. All right, then. (laughs) Without any... Don't touch the table. Don't touch the table. Don't touch the table. Without any further ado, it's time once again for another exciting installment of Bunny Versus. And now here is your host... Bonnie Williams, take it away, Bonnie! So there was a police effigy hung from a tree. And they're doing fucking DNA testing on that to find who did it. 
Someone hung a police effigy in a tree? We will not rest. We will not sleep. We will use all of the forces of the police, the SWAT team, the detectives, the CIA, NYPD, WKRP in Cincinnati. We will figure out who did this. Yes. Yes, a a black man can be stabbed in the back 15 times, then hung from a tree, and it's a suicide. Oh, look, we found a seventh black person hanging dead from a tree. Interesting how seven black people could have killed themselves like this. Wow. Mental health is really an issue. So what were we focusing on? Oh, yeah, the dummy in a blue outfit we found (laughs) hanging from a tree. We will not rest. We will storm the beaches. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's just like are. just like here in Colorado Springs a couple of days ago, um a bunch of protesters blocked I-25. That's the major highway running through town. Yeah. Um blocked I-25. They fucking tracked them down and arrested them. Like later? Yeah. That's crazy. Fucking what kind of technology are they using for that? In Norman, Oklahoma, which is the college town where the University of Oklahoma is located, the mayor said, uh, we're going to be cutting the police budget considerably because that's what the people want and that's what we're going to do. And the police were really upset about that. So one of the policemen doxed the mayor and gave the mayor's like home phone number and address and shit like that. And a few days later, uh, someone broke into a house and raped a neighbor the person broke into the wrong house okay. and raped and beat up the mayor's neighbor thinking it was the mayor. Okay. The, police refused, the police refused to apologize, saying that, oh, the information as to where the mayor lives, that's public information. And us calling on people to hold her accountable had nothing to do with the rape beating. Okay. So that's the story happening in Oklahoma, and no one is talking about it, and it's really fucked up. But yeah, there's a million tiny stories that all add to a massive mound of America dying. Yes. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. It's fucked up. Yeah, pulling a gun in a Costco parking lot? Yep. It, it's it's perfectly socially acceptable for white people to say white power and do fucking Nazi salutes. Mm-hmm. But you're on a street, you know, saying with a sign saying, hey, maybe don't kill minorities. You are the one who will be tear gassed and beaten. Yes. Uh-huh. And left blind. You you are the terrorist. Yeah. And not all of the white people who are totally like, I'm going to call the police on you because you're a black person out in the streets and I believe in white supremacy. Like, that's fine. How dare minorities, though, claim that they want to be equal? 
That's the real. That's the real problem in America. And it's so fucking annoying because, like, it's just like, how much energy are we wasting on this shit when there is so much more that we could be doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, right now, like, if we focused on the important things, we could be Gene Roddenberrying it up. Yeah. But instead, we're going straight to Thunderdome. Yeah. No. We, we, we still can't even get over fucking skin color like the goddamn primitive cave apes that we are. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's irritating. Yeah, it's fucked up is what it is. And God damn it, are white people making me feel ashamed. <laughs> yeah. So many fucking white people out there. The privilege is strong with this one. Yeah. You know? Really seeing some people's true colors. Yeah. You know? And I do want to take a little bit of time to apologize because I have said the N-word on a few occasions on this show. Um, either to make a point or a joke that just wouldn't work. Okay. Um, you, when you hear all the, I'm just saying, I'm just not doing it anymore. And I apologize for ever having done it previously, you know, but, now more and more stories are going out, coming out of what people have actually fucking gone through, like yeah. recently. You know, there's no point to it. It's just a yeah. fucking word, man. You don't need it. Yeah, I don't, I don't need it. You know. So I just wanted to say that. Cool. Like, did you see the bo- The did you see the story about the UPS box? I mean, that's the that's like one of the most horrible. What story? So a woman writes. Okay, um, she had, she had taken a picture of a UPS box that was standing near her stoop. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean to 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 imagine that like even performing like an act of kindness making sure the package gets to where it should be mm-hmm. can cost you your fucking life. Yeah. Fuck that. How why hasn't shit blown up sooner? <laughs> you know? yeah, How like, the fuck uh, have they managed to be patient this goddamn long? Like Eleanor used to love just getting on her scooter and just going up and down the driveway. And she'd just ride up and down the driveway and she'd do it all the time. And she'd always fall 
and yeah. she'd fall all the time and then she'd she'd get up and she'd brush herself off and she'd go again and it got to the point where like we would take her out and she would just have bruises all over herself and like a scrape here and a bruise here and a bruise here and a cut here and a scrape here and her, it's all red right here and her hands are all red and it got to the point where like it it, it was summer and I'd be taking her out in like pants yeah, and trying to, you know, cover up her arms. And Tasha would be like, why are you doing that? And it's like, I, as a man, cannot bring my much whiter child to a store when she is covering bruises. And she's like, well, who gives a shit what other people think? And I'm like, Natasha, that is like white you comfortably saying that. But like brown me, I cannot get away with this. Yeah. You know, it is just it, I, I cannot do that. So. So. So, yeah, no, I absolutely understand that. 100% understand that that whole UPS story, you know? Yeah. There are certain things that I am surprised that when I lived in California that I had this like beautiful little two-year-old, three-year-old, blonde-haired, blue-eyed emerald. And there were some times when like we would go to the store together or we would go to the mall together and it would just be me and tiny little three-year-old emerald. And like I, I, I am surprised that no one ever called the cops on me. Yeah. You know? That like that like thank God Emerald would just look up at me and hold my hand and say, Daddy, Daddy, can we go to this store? And I'm like, sure, honey, we can go to this store. And like I would make a point of like holding her hand and holding her next to me and 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 making a point doing father and daughter talk to her all the time when we were in public, just so that people knew that, like, hey, everyone, this is my daughter. Please, I did yeah. not kid her. Please don't shoot me. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, it's fucked up. It is fucked up. Well, let's just hope things keep going. And and you have a story this week, don't you? Yes. Uh, I do. Let me work my way to that story okay so so i i had quite a week i i what i what i really wanted to say is i went back to the movies yes i'm very happy about that because there are three movies in my small town there there's a really old theater that's been around since the 1940s that now just plays uh discount movies and then there's an eight screen movie theater that's been around since the 80s and uh, then there's a six screen movie theater that's at the mall. Our mall is so shit. Our good mall is like one of the really shitty malls growing up in Phoenix. Okay. So like the Shawnee, Oklahoma mall is a, maybe a rung or two below Valley West Mall in Phoenix, Arizona. The place yeah, where but, every but you could still get an orange Julius. Yeah, yeah. So, so none of these movie theaters have opened up yet at all. But there's a a small two screen movie theater in 
a small town about halfway, uh, half an hour away from a Seminole, Oklahoma. That's where um, my stepmother and stepfather, n- not stepmother, my my mother-in-law and my father-in-law used to live. Now it's my father-in-law and other father-in-law. So that's an even smaller town than our town. And they have one small, tiny little two screen movie theater that um, when you go inside and you look around and everything, it obviously used to be some sort of a auto repair shop. Okay. Like a garage. And then at some point in time, that garage went out of business and someone looked at this like auto body shop and said, you know, (laughs) I could turn this into a very small two-screen movie theater, and that's what it is. So you go to any movie theater in Colorado, in California, in Arizona, and there's like the big screens. And like here are the big screens that show the important movies. And then here are the smaller screens over here. And then way over in the corner are the tiny screens that show the oldest things. Yeah. You get those two tiny screens. That's the one movie theater. In Seminole, Oklahoma, and they just decided that, like, that, like, at the end of June, that, like, we're gonna open up. We're gonna show old movies. We're gonna show them at a discounted price. The guy who owns it was literally he felt really bad because I employ a lot of high schoolers and college kids in this. Town that are now out of a job and I want to help them is so he opened it back up and said okay you need a mask to get in you need a mask to go into the lobby we're going to social distance every other row is going to be closed this is how you're going to get sodas now this is how you're going to do the snack bar now he even made a video of exactly how to do it and put it up on YouTube and so nothing else I'm so excited. They're finally opening up a movie theater. This is great. And then, like, here's our first movie. I still believe. And I was like, oh, someone just punched me in the stomach. Oh, no. No, so fucking pissed. But then the second week, they said, hey, Disney is now giving us movies, giving movie theaters movies for free. They're opening up their old library to movie theaters that are open in the hopes of, you know, trying to kickstart movies. So for four dollars, they showed Zootopia and uh, the Avengers. And I went to go see the Avengers. And the best part was, was that the guy who owned the movie theater, he said, we really want people to come to the movies. So this is what we're going to do. I have saved every movie poster. Okay. Ever used. And he wrapped them all up really tight into balls and put uh, uh, rubber bands on them and put them all in, in boxes and just brought them to the theater. And you went to the movies and on your way out, here's the boxes. Take one. Really? Yeah. And I was like so excited and I was like, oh man, maybe I could get uh, Knives Out or maybe I could get Cats or maybe I could get, uh, you know, what other movies? I know I probably won't be able to get Midsommar because they definitely didn't show that here. But hey, Parasite was up for Best Picture. Maybe I can get that. So I go into the movie theater all excited and I'm like, oh man, what movie poster am I going to get? And I see the bins there. They are wrapped up so tight that you can't see shit. Okay. 
except for either a small part of the top or the bottom of the poster because of the way he wrapped them up all tight and everything. So all of the posters are in this big ball. And so I'm looking around and I'm like, I don't know what any of these are. Maybe I can find out what they are if I start moving the posters around. But who knows how many people have touched these fucking posters. I don't want to move shit around, you know? Yeah. And so I'm looking at the posters, trying to figure out what does that say? What does that say? Then finally, I figure out what one of the posters is. And I'm like, shit, these are older than I thought. The only one I can recognize is Eddie Murphy's The Nutty Professor. Oh, okay. Like, gone is my idea to, like, get some sort of new movie poster. Like, I'm not going to get Once Upon a Time dot, dot, dot in Hollywood. Like, I'm going to get the fucking English patient or some shit. I'm like, God damn it. I'm so fucking pissed. So on my way out, I'm just standing there and I'm looking at all the posters. I'm like, shit, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Then far in the corner, I see the font for Peter Jackson's King Kong. And I'm like, I'll take it. (laughs) <laughs> if the option is getting Peter Jackson's King Kong or really horrible shit, I'll take Peter Jackson's King Kong. So I got it. And I redid my entire background so I could put Peter Jackson's Ooh. King Kong in my background. And I think it's pretty goddamn awesome. I liked Peter Jackson's King Kong. Yeah, it was all right. I, 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 I did a video where I, where I redid my background and, and I, I did a little scene of, uh, no, twas beauty killed the beast. And then beauty shows up and it's like, uh, fucking excuse me. I had nothing to do with this. Fucking twas Jack Black killed the beast. How about that? You know how many, you know how many people's blood is on fucking Jack Black's hands? Yes. Beauty did jack shit. Twas fucking Jablinski Games what killed the goddamn beast. Leave my name out. <laughs> so so I, I was really excited about that. So so what happened was and um I've i there are some people over. Yeah. So I'm going to discuss this very gently. Okay. Okay. So we had a family member uh, threaten to hurt himself. Yes. Uh he has a he had a history of mental illness and um he had been he had been going at it pretty hard recently and he had been on facebook like threatening to kill this person and threatening to kill that person threatening to kill everybody and so uh it it was really late and he started posting about how it, he's just done and he's gonna end it and this is a one final goodbye and all of this and so um my wife got a call at like 3 45 worried yeah and and they're like i don't know what to do i don't know what to do and natasha being a rational person natasha is so rational that she is the person that people go to whenever there's like a problem 
with anyone within our circle, they always go to Natasha because Natasha is just so like, you know, even when a family member dies, Natasha can be the one who will just be like, I am a rock and I am going to help and I'm going to do everything that needs to be done. So, uh, sure. So, 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 Natasha got called at like 3.45 a.m. And it's like, call the police, see if they can do a wellness check. They do wellness checks, just call them. And 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 the person was like, I can't do it. I'm, I'm too much of a wreck. Can you do it? And Natasha's like, okay, fine, I'll call. So she, so that's when I wake up, when she gets off the phone with that person and starts calling the police. And it's like, what time is it? And she's like, it's 4 a.m. This person is threatening to kill himself and we're going to, I'm, I'm going to call the police, have them do a check. It's So it's 4 a.m. and she calls, she doesn't call 911, she calls police dispatch. Right, right, which makes sense. And they're like, we we have a, a family member and and they're, they're threatening to commit suicide and we were, and we just wanted you to do a wellness check and make sure that they're okay. And the police dispatch person is, well, we don't, who is the person? So the person's name is blank. Well, we don't know where this person lives. It's 4 a.m. We can't just be banging on everyone's door. Now, can we? And and Natasha's like, I know his address. Here's his address. Do you want me to give you his address? And they're like, well, we don't do wellness checks anymore. And they're like, okay, (laughs) baby. But this person is starting to kill himself, and they're like, well, uh, we can't stop them. Suicide's not a crime. If you know where they are, why don't you do it yourself? Which Suicide I, is a crime, okay? Which I actually looked up, because it always had been a crime. And yeah. to my awareness, it would be a crime. Yeah. Uh, but I looked it up, and no, it's not. Yeah, but but like in a big city... If we were still in Sacramento and we had someone that was going through a, a, a mental health crisis, we could call the police and they would do a mental health check. And we just sort of figured that in this town they would do the same thing. We called police yeah. dispatch and they refused to do it. So Natasha is like, damn it, I got to get dressed and go do a wellness check myself at 4 a.m. She brought Bella's pet bat. It, I love this yeah. about Bella. Bella is Bella. Bella is nobody else. Bella is Bella. And you know The Walking Dead? Mm-hmm. Bella has a bat named Stevenson. Okay. And the whole family knows Stevenson. We all know Stevenson. Everyone loves Stevenson. Stevenson's a member of the family now. This big, heavy steel bat named Stevenson. And Natasha's like, it's 4 a.m. I gotta get dressed. Gotta put on clothes, gotta do a wellness check because the police just sort of fucked me over and, and like, fuck, I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm bringing Stevenson with me. She took Stevenson! Yeah, she took Stevenson with her. I, I believe she did. I believe she did. So... So when Natasha finally woke up, I'm like, you know, cause I woke up early with, I finally went back to sleep like an hour later. I woke up with the kids and when Natasha woke up, I'm like, how was it? How was everything? It, it, like, was he okay? And like, yeah, he was okay. But can you do me a favor, Steve? You have a following. Can you contact the media? Can you go on the internet? Can you try and make this a thing? Cause I want people to know that like, 
we had someone that was threatening suicide and called the police and they wouldn't do jack shit for us. And I'm like, sure, I will do that for you. No problem. I got on Twitter. I've got like 1300 followers. I'm like, hey, hey, local media outlets. I'm here in Shawnee and this happened and they didn't do anything and nobody cared on Twitter especially like the media outlets I was, I was uh, contacting cause they're fucking Oklahoma city. They don't care yeah. about my small redneck town. And I'm like, but wait a second. I'm, I'm a Amber uh, made me a member of two local crime groups in, on Facebook, okay. the Shawnee Oklahoma crime watch and the Pottawatomie County crime watch. Fuck it. I'll go on there. And I typed this thing about how, you know, we had a family member that was starting to commit suicide and, and they, we called the police and they refused to help. So we had to do a wellness check ourselves and Oh my God, nonstop attacks. Yeah. Of people that were like, well, you should have called the sheriff. Why did you call the police? And I'm like, like, are, are you trying to tell me that we have two different police forces and that I'm to blame for asking the police for help when I should have called the sheriff? What, what is this tombstone, Arizona? What is he <laughs> what is the sheriff going to do? Get on his horse and call a posse? I'm real confused here. I called the police and wanted help. And people were like, well, he sh- you should let him commit suicide. Suicide's not a crime. If someone wants to die, let him die, I say. And and, and I start getting defensive. I'm, because, like, this isn't even my thing. I'm doing yeah. this for my life. And I'm like, a lot of people on here who are probably uh, on their way to church. But before they go to church and talk about how all lives matter, they need to get on Facebook and attack me because I had a family member wanting to commit suicide. And suddenly when you're talking to the Mexican guy, oh, they should kill themselves because it doesn't matter because life doesn't matter. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to go to church and pray about how all lives matter. Yeah. And the worst part is, is that sadly – uh, I'm so sorry to hear about your story, Steve. And sadly, stories like this are going to keep happening. What with liberals wanting to defund the police? Yeah, those dirty liberals. This is what happens when you don't want police to help you. And I'm like, we live in a Republican part of the country, in a Republican state, in a Republican city with a Republican elected officials and Republican police. But if you better blaming everything on liberals go ahead blame everything on the evil dirty liberals and sleep better but what i'm saying is this is not a political matter i needed help call the police they refused to help and and finally after so many people attacking me i was like you know what you karens and boomers i'm fucking done with your bullshit and i turned off comments yeah And two hours later, the administrator of the group turns them back on just to say, if the police were to help you, what would they do? Arrest your family member for a crime? What crime is suicide? And you don't get to turn off comments. Only we do. So I turned them off again. Yeah. (laughs) And it just became this thing. Suddenly people were like, messaging me on Facebook saying, you're a dirty liar. You stop making fun of the police just so that you can get attention. And after like an entire 24 hours of just being attacked by these people, 
They just deleted the post and kicked me out of the group. Okay. And I was so fucking pissed. And I was just, and I would go to Natasha like every hour and just like, <laughs> like, this isn't even my battle that I'm fighting. Yeah. And she's like, thank you. Because it did get shared like a couple hundred times and got people talking about it before it was deleted. So like yeah. it did my part and someone who was running for a city commissioner like like one person commented and said you know what talk to travis flood he would want to know that this was happening and i'm like okay who the fuck is Travis Flood? I don't know who's Travis Flood. And then I'm like, wait a second. I see his ad on the side of the, on the corner of the street. He's running for something. Yeah. Okay. Fucking whatever. I'll contact Travis Flood. Hey, Travis Flood. Someone said I should contact you. Here's my story. Here's the post. And, and he contacted me in an hour and he was just like, thanks for telling me about this. I know a lot of people in the police precinct and a lot of the city officials. So I'm going to call some people and figure out why this happened to you. And sure enough, he, he called people and he's trying to get like laws changed in the town. And he won the election. He, he wasn't even an elected official. He was running for an elected position, but he won and we're still in contact. And, and, and so I, and I told him like, you're the first city official who has ever cared about any aspect of my life. Yeah. Like even when I lived in Arizona, when I lived in California, like you're the only city official that has ever been like, Hey, you have a problem. Let me try and help it. I'm like, shit. I don't even know what you're, I don't even know what you do. Yeah. And I told everyone in the family and they're like, Hey, it's Tuesday. It's going to, it's, it's voting day. Who are we voting for? And I said, okay, vote for Travis flood. Yeah. And vote yes for Medicaid expansion. I don't give a fuck about anything else. <laughs> I'm voting to get healthcare and voting for whoever Travis Flood is. And Amber's like, is he a Democrat? And I'm like, I don't know, but I have his phone number. <laughs> I don't know, but I've talked to the guy. He looks like he's a member of Arcade Fire, but yeah, vote for Travis Flood. And so he won and, and we're, we're still in contact, which is really weird. Okay. There's a part of me that's like, hey, so you've talked to you've talked to police, you've talked to the police, you've talked to the to the patrol people, you've talked to everybody. Can you do me a favor and go on the Potawatomi Crime Watch and talk about how I'm not a liar and how they're all fucking assholes? But I haven't done that. <laughs> I could. I yeah. could good, but I haven't done that. So I'm just saying, you know. I'm a hero. Yes, you are. But you so, haven't found any anything more about this Tim Flood guy? No. No. Uh, apparently, he was a Democrat because he was on my ballot because I can only vote for things that Democrats run for. Yeah. I can't run for... Unfortunately, I couldn't vote for sheriff because, like, five Republicans were running to be sheriff and yeah. zero Democrats. So, like, I couldn't vote for that, but but Flood was on my ballot, so I'm assuming he's a Democrat. I don't really know that much about him. Yeah. But 
nice guy. I can tell you that. Guys, can you not be like freaking Ultimate Fighting right next to my podcast? Yo. Yes. Also, Hamilton is amazing. Yes. Yeah. Right. You have Disney Plus. Yeah, I got Disney Plus. I'm, we're still we're still writing a free a free uh, trial. We got like a year trial at the end of last year. So so we have Disney Plus. And yeah, no, we saw. I just want to say I should get an award for waiting to see Hamilton until yeah. Bella. She's fucking. She's fourteen years old. You know how you know when she wakes up, she wakes up question mark. <laughs> she wakes up, so I should get an award for waiting to see it until she got up. It's fucking amazing. I love it. CBS All Access is that for good their, for their free month? Charge us sixty bucks. <laughs> I've oh, I've written about them like last week, and they haven't gotten back to me yet. I know I canceled that shit within thirty days because I pretty much just watched Picard, which was awful. Yeah, and I went back and canceled it. So, but so far- that's that. I just wanted to update that real quick. So the the but as far as so I can far, tell. As far as I can tell, seven of nine is still looking pretty good. She's not looking bad. Yeah. Plus, uh, the drummer for Sex Bob-omb is in that, and I love her. Yeah, Kim Kim Pine. She's also in a few seasons of American Horror Story, which you would love. I've said this numerous times. If anyone would love American Horror Story, I can already see you falling in love with that with the boy in in the first season. I can already see you calling him baby. So, um, but I was only watching it to see how fat Riker got anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And in my estimation, he's pushing a good 220, 230. I've always had a thing for Counselor Troy. (laughs) I've always had a thing for her. Is she in that? Yes. In Picard? Yeah. Always liked her. Always liked her. She's She's in the Riker bits. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I gave it to you. So, yeah. So, so, so how are you, Bunny? Uh, nothing much going on here. Getting better, I guess. Uh, just, just angry at the world. <laughs> watching it, watching everything escalate. Oh, yeah. Watching the propaganda fly. Hey, I'm I'm working on a list of a couple of possible upcoming shaps. Do you know who Mia Khalifa is? If I say that name. Mia Khalifa. Yeah. Not offhand, no. Okay, okay. Just thought I'd check. Okay. 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 <laughs> she she is an adult actress. Okay. Of great renown, and I just wanted really? to know if you were aware of her work. Recent. 
depends on your definition of recent, but yes. Okay. Mia Khalifa. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just wanted to see if you knew off the top of your head what that name was. No. Okay. No, I did not. And, and I'm feeling slightly embarrassed because of it. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Like, like, have I have I let my porn knowledge slack? <laughs> it's okay. Well, there are new ones popping up every day, so it's yeah. difficult to it's difficult to keep you know in touch with that. As long as it's not, it's not faceless girl, I don't like faceless girl. Yeah. Really, I mean, if you're gonna fuck on camera, please. Yeah. I need the full Monty. Yeah. <laughs> the review of the movie The Full Monty in the Arizona Republic newspaper was a two out of five. And they said it is a good movie, but it's hard to understand their foreign accents. So just wait until America does a remake. Bitch, there has not been a remake, you fuck. I'm like, this is a good movie. They're not going to remake it. I'm going to wait. And eventually, there's obviously not going to be a remake, and this author is going to be dead. Yes. I don't know if he's dead yet. But I believe his name is uh, some, his last, his now, I believe his la the author's last name was Montini. He, I believe he was the guy who did all of the movie reviewing during the 80s and 90s. I'll need to see if he's still alive, but. Yeah, that was his his whole review. His whole review was just wait until they remake it, and they're not going to remake it. <laughs> well, and why not? I, I because I it, it's a it, it's a it's a low income British movie. You know, it's a movie that is centered around like. I guess you can make it in Detroit. Yeah, but they love making American versions of movies that just rip the soul out of the fucking movie. <laughs> I think they did an American musical of it. So if anything, they could they could like hairspray it and do an American movie based on the American musical based on the British movie. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all I got. Yeah. I I don't know. I I I mean it's just fucked up if you're having problems with an English accent. I mean, yeah. you know, they're not speaking French, damn it. You know. Yeah. It's not subtitled. Relax. Yeah. It's your own language. Maybe pay attention. <laughs> I saw a story. I saw a story on the news of a uh, of an older brother who in his twenties, something like that, and he really liked the movie Parasite when it came out, and he wanted to show it to his younger sister. But the younger sister's like, "There's just subtitles. I don't do that. Is there an English dubbed version?" And like, "No, there's not an English dubbed version." Well, if there's not an English dubbed version, then I'm not gonna watch it. I know you like this movie, brother, but if there's not a dubbed version, I'm not going to do it. 
So from the moment Parasite came out until now, he has worked on his own American dub of the movie using people in his life. Really? Okay. So he's got like his best friend to do one character, his mom to do another character, his girlfriend to do a third character and all of this. And it's just, you know, none of the people have any acting skills, but he did make his own <laughs> dub of Parasite. Okay. Just so he could show his younger sister the movie. And it's like, good for you. That it so, one that it won an Oscar is that is what I kind of hold against it right now. Yeah. And why I haven't seen it yet. It's it's like But it's an Oscar winner. Oh, I, I and I, I I I I've I've been I've been hurt too many times. Yeah. Yeah. Shakespeare in love is a dark period in my past. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I got nothing. Yeah, I got nothing. Let's cut it here. I'll come up with an interesting later. And cut. And cut on that. Buddy! Yes! If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it nowadays in this climate? But only real fans, true hardcore fans, would no doubt know two things about us, two fundamentally and in no way totally made up on the spot, true facts about uh, America's hottest podcasting couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, the first fact about you, Bunny, is that way back when yeah. you be a professional wrestler in the 80s. Tell the audience, if you please, what your wrestling name was and what your finishing move was. My wrestling name was the Dazzling Bunsker. Nice. Bunster. Yeah, no, well. Yes. And my finishing move was the rabbit's foot. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I see. I, I mean, really- I mean, you know, they're just like all wrestling moves. It's another wrestling move. You just like rename it and rebrand it. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so this is the one where Kurt Angle grabs your foot and gets the your lock. foot there and starts twisting it. Yeah. 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 Same, yeah. same thing. I would just call it the rabbit's foot. Yeah. Nice. And the second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do here is get a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know too well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling style. And that's what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximation! Or Shap, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name Shap. Fun fact, according to the Urban Dictionary, the term Shap is now a popular Canadian term, a blanket term used, quote, when discussing all things relevant to the Vancouver Canucks. Okay. As in, 
Uh, like, say you see your buddy at a Vancouver Canucks game and you go, hey, Shap, how's the Shap today? What's your Shap on the game? Okay. Yeah. So that's what Shap means in Canada. Nice. So, so in America, it means Steve's historic approximations. Everyone knows Shap in America. But in Canada, you say, have you heard Shap? And they're like, no, I haven't heard the uh, Vancouver Canucks game. It's a completely different term in Canada. Good to know. And so this week on the old Shappity Shap Shap, we will be talking about the true story of Irish Dracula. And how, if you want to know where Dracula really came from, don't go to Transylvania like some kind of touristy sap. (laughs) A shap sap. No, you go to Ireland, specifically the small coastal town of Sligo, S-L-I-G-O, located in the northwestern region of Ireland. It's a port city, small, quaint town, population roughly 20,000 people. Each year they have a big three-day music festival called Sligo Live that attracts big Irish artists like the Proclaimers and Sinead O'Connor. Hey, remember when Sinead O'Connor was canceled in the 90s? Yes. I have been talking about this online this entire week. Because learning about Irish Dracula has really got me thinking that, like, Sinead O'Connor had a huge hit with Nothing Compares to You, and she was all over the place, and she was asked to be on SNL, and on SNL, she ripped a picture of the Pope live on the air to protest. Yes, protest the sexual assault of children by the Catholic Church, and everyone was like, you ripped a picture of the Pope? Well, we're going to cancel Sinead O'Connor. She's not popular anymore. We're not going to play her music. We're going to ruin her life and career. How dare she rip up a picture of the Pope? But the thing is, now we're here in 2020, and cancel culture is all over the place, and people are being canceled. But 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 Sinead was right. Yes. I, I found that like like shocking because I was like, like that was Saturday Night Live to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. Saturday Night Live was like rebellious and kind of dangerous. Yeah. You know, where they they would do that. They would rip up a picture of the Pope. You know? And yeah. and I, I was I was sad that they like blacklisted her from the fucking show because of it. Yeah, it's fucked up. Sinead O'Connor was right. Now we know that, like, oh, yeah, for decades and decades and decades, children were being sexually assaulted and priests were doing it. And then the higher ups in the Catholic Church were covering it up. Sinead O'Connor was like, hey, this maybe don't rape kids. And people were like, what? I can't believe this. Let's ruin Sinead O'Connor's life. And it's like, damn it. She deserves a fucking apology. Because she's fucking right. You know? God damn it. It's it's like every area, you know, like like there's a now I'm gonna wind up getting like all fucking Marxist. Like like once you reach a certain amount of lo- of money, 
you seem just out of control. You know, yeah. and there is not. I, I, I don't. Like every industry, you know, whether it's the film industry or it's government or or any of it, the or the church, they're all as corrupt as fuck. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're just all as corrupt as fuck. I mean, you know, like we just blew past all of Corey Feldman's uh, accusations. Yeah. You know, about who do what. And we just kind of brushed it off as, oh, that goofy Corey Feldman. Yep, and I'm not so Corey's. sure. And I'm not so sure that that's the case. Let's try to fucking find out because we know definitely Weinstein. And we not only know about Weinstein, but we know that everybody in the fucking industry goddamn knew about Weinstein. Yeah. They all fucking did. This wasn't a, a big surprise to anybody. Yeah, they made jokes on it and on the fucking Academy Award before this yeah. ever came out. Yeah, musician Aaron Carter uh, was like a young teen heartthrob musician that would be like in in Teen Bop magazine and stuff. And when he got older, he said that like, "Hey, Michael Jackson is not." a child molester he's a good guy i used to spend time with him when i was very young we would do coke together we he would give me wine and we'd stay up and do coke and get wasted and he was really cool and people were just like we're not gonna listen to you aaron carter because you're not a teen heartthrob anymore yeah and and still to this day i'm like Aaron Carter was doing cocaine with Michael Jackson. How come no one cares about this? Uh-huh. You can tell me that we're not talking about this because you guys don't like Aaron Carter anymore? <laughs> That's fucked up. That is really fucked up. Okay, so when it comes to the story of Dracula, most people say, well, Bram Stoker was researching European folklore and learning about European traditions and learned about how in Europe people fear the undead. And boom, oh, yes, what? Vlad the Impaler in his castle where he lived and killed people and pillaged? Oh, man, Transylvania. Uh, of course, this story is screamed from the rafters by Europe, by Romania, and of course by Transylvania. Yes, the home of Dracula. Please, please give us money. Yes. Please visit our village. Give us money, please. Uh, this is the castle where he lived. It is Castle Dracula. Give us money, please. Yes. But Vlad the Impaler had few, if any, connections to Transylvania. And fun fact, the castle that they now call Castle Dracula, he didn't even fucking live there. Really? Yeah. Fun fact. Well, Romania. He was Romanian, right? Yeah. Okay. But in Transylvania, they have, oh, this is the castle that Vlad the Impaler lived. And it's like, no, it's not. He never lived there. Uh, the story of how Dracula came to be is a totally different story that has very few, if any, connections 
to uh, Bram Stoker. The story is different, and it's centered around, again, the small Irish town of Sligo, not Transylvania. Specifically, the story of Dracula begins with a 14-year-old girl who lived in Sligo in 1832. Her name was Charlotte Thornley. Okay. In 1832, Charlotte Thornley is living in uh, Sligo and a massive cholera epidemic hits Ireland and hits the town and hits the town hard. People lose their jobs because so many people are getting sick that they're like, oh, we can't keep this business open anymore. We got to close this business down until the sickness goes away. There's a lot of parallels between uh, the birth of Dracula and now because they're like, oh, we can't keep we can't keep this business open. Better close it down until this sickness is over. That's not a good Irish accent. I'm just going to stop trying to do the okay. accent. Stores are closed down, and then people can't pay their rent because they don't have a job because all the freaking stores are closed. So all of these people are kicked out on the street. Massive homelessness, widespread poverty. It was grim, and that's just the economic results of the epidemic. According to... To the Sligo Historical Society, the cholera epidemic killed well over 10% of the town. Okay. Before, Sligo was considered a college town, a student town. FYI, uh, this uh, chap came from Wikipedia, the website Atlas Obscura, and articles written from the Sligo Historical Society. I was reading their papers. They have a website, and it, it was very much a help. And then cholera hits, and the city becomes a ghost town because so many people are getting sick. That, that people start fleeing. 10% of the town died, roughly 1,000 dead people in in a very small period in time. Uh, and 45 doctors were reported to have died from cholera as well, although history believes that the number of dead were was much higher. It, Ireland was hit really bad with cholera, but... But, the mayor, but, but, but the mayor thought that if they did testing there would be more cases there so would they be didn't more do cases. the testing yeah. so there were lower cases yeah oh i we can't do testing now can we <laughs> i'm going to stop with the irish accent cuz i'm just really bad at it but um hey there's only one way to improve man sligo was hit the hardest is they were hit so bad that doctors from all over uh, Ireland, from all over Europe, started coming to the town of Sligo. Doctors, surgeons, and especially uncloistered nuns. Let me okay. tell you why a ton of uncloistered nuns came to Sligo because nurses weren't invented yet. Oh, true, true. So, so, so there were no nurses to come in, but apparently nuns who didn't have like a convent were just like, we can help you out. We're really nice and know how to treat people nice. And also we're very clean. <laughs> doctors were like, we need all the help we get. Fucking come over here, sister. So uncloistered nuns, or as I like to call them, free range nuns. Free range Is nuns. Yes, true. Huh. 
Uncloistered? Uncloistered? Oh, no, no, they're not clams. Oh, oh unoystered nuns. Unoystered un un nuns, yeah. Unoystered un nuns. It did make me the same thing. That's why I got, uh, like, nuns on the half shell stuck on my head for no reason. Yeah. Nuns yeah. on a half shell. Nun power. Jesus power. So, so... Surgeons were dying, physicians were dying, apothecaries were dying. Most doctors who came to Sligo to help would just freaking die. People were dropping like flies. So they tried halting the disease. So many parallels. They said, oh, you know what we need to do now? Social distancing. <laughs> but they didn't call it that because you know it's 1800s so they said you know what we need to do maintain the distance so so they maintained the distance from yes. people because they didn't have social distancing yet but then but then it's ireland and like like, so say I'm an Irish person and I'm like wait a second you mean to tell me that my brother died and I'm not allowed to have all 300 of my relatives show up and get drunk with me? <laughs> I don't think so. So, like, because people were dying, these massive funerals kept happening that no one refused, that everyone refused to stop, which just helped spread the disease more. And that probably didn't help, is what no. I'm saying. So... The epidemic, so this is where it gets dark. The epidemic got so bad that people started fleeing the town. All of the priests and the clergy were literally, ju they just went, oh, fuck this shit. I love Jesus, but, but <laughs> I'm out. So like the clergy is leaving, doctors that are still alive are leaving, and the town are leaving. But the fear was is that you probably already have cholera and if you leave you're going to infect other places other towns under other countries and make it worse you're going to bring the sickness with you so the townspeople that were staying in the town dug a massive trench around the entirety of the town to stop people from leaving <laughs> and then when the bodies started piling up on the streets they would just wrap these bodies in a sheet and chuck them in the trench. So this is our dead people trench. Hooray! Charlotte Thornley was 14 when the cholera hit. She saw the clergy members free the town. She saw people with cholera that were dying of cholera that were still alive. Right? Okay. They, were, they, were doomed, they were doomed to die eventually. But they were still alive. So sometimes they would just holy grail them. Okay. Hey, our grandfather is dying of cholera. He's going to eventually die. So you know what? I'm, I'm, it, shut up, Grandpa. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to wrap Grandpa in a sheet. I'm feeling better. Shut up, Grandpa. You're not getting better. We're chucking you in the trench. I think and, I'll go for a walk. And here's the worst part. And this is where uh, things start becoming clear. People who were dying of cholera, they would put them in a coffin, nail the coffin shut, and bury them. Okay. So you were still alive 
but doomed to eventually die of cholera. But still, you have cholera, and that's gross, so we're just going to bury you alive. Until you eventually die. So even if they could have recovered, they just died from starvation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would die from starvation or die from just being in the trench with all the other corpses rotting of cholera. Yeah, so so Charlotte Thornley saw all of these people with cholera buried alive, near death, dying of cholera, buried in a coffin, and like hearing the clawing of people clawing at a coffin, you know, and clawing at the lid of a coffin near death but still alive. She saw survivors riot and destroy the town as dead bodies piled up on the streets. She saw the trenches being dug making her stuck in this town filled with people who were dead and about to die. Can you see the parallels yet? Yes. Okay, if not, here's here's another for you. The cholera originally came from their port because this was a port town. So from the port of Sligo, the boats that brought Sligo the disease the boats would be shrouded in mist. Okay. So many people in these boats had already died from cholera and, and the boats were already so sick that the boats would arrive just shrouded in this dark mist that would cover the boat as it came into the town. So Charlotte hid in her home on Market Street, fearful of her own death or worse, being buried alive and becoming one of the undead. But she survived miraculously and eventually married a man from Dublin named Abraham Stoker. Okay. They had seven children. And oftentimes the mother Charlotte would entertain the children like kids, kids, come around. Let me entertain you and tell of the story when your mother almost died from a sickness. So they would. So kids, let me tell you this fun story. We would bury people alive in coffins. And, uh, she would entertain the children with tales of Sligo and of the epidemic and of the living dead. And the third child of the family was Bram. And that's how we got Dracula. All of that Romanian stuff, all of the, the, the like, oh, yes, uh, this is based on a Transylvanian. Please come to Transylvania and give us your money, please. That's all a false flag. The real origins of Dracula is in a small-ass fucking Irish coastal town. And apparently, the way the story goes, Bram Stoker said, Mom, write this shit down. This would be a good book. People would be interested in this. And she said, okay, fine, I'll write it into a story. So she wrote the true story of her surviving the cholera epidemic and it went nowhere and it disappeared until recently when it was discovered by the Sligo Historical Society. And they're like, oh shit, so you mean to tell me that we just, that, that Dracula was born here? Shit, okay, let's <laughs> research this. So now the Sligo Historical Society, Society is called the Sligo Dracula Society. Okay. And Sligo is now, the, the tiny town of Sligo is finally starting to go like, um, hey, we own Dracula now. <laughs> yeah. Transylvania. 
Uh, Vlad the Impaler didn't even live there, okay? So if you really want to know where Dracula came from, come to our small-ass town, and people are starting to go there. So, like, people who would normally go, oh, I want to go someplace spooky. Let's go to Transylvania. People are slowly but surely going, I want to go someplace spooky. Sligo. Okay. Sligo. So I, I, and I know I've said this, like, at the end of almost every shaft, but I'm surprised that people don't know more about this. We need to get the word out there. Not Transylvania. Sligo. I, I I mean, like, maybe not right now, but I could see times where, where I might just want to visit an epic, epidemic spot. Yeah. You know? If they kept yeah. it all historical and you see how, what they had to wash in and things like that. You know, that I, I think that trip would be kind of interesting. And you add in a bit of Dracula. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it, it. Hold on, it's the Sligo Stoker Society. Okay, that's it. They've got a website, and uh, their logo is just uh, it, a red, like one of those red stamps, you know, from yeah. old school. And it says Sligo Stoker Society, and on the top is a picture of Bram Stoker, and on the bottom is a picture of his mom, Charlotte. Okay. Charlotte Thornley Stoker died in 1901, miraculously survived the worst epidemic to hit Sligo until uh, January of this year. So got to get the word out there. Dracula is really Irish. So it was what? His wife who sued for Nosferatu. Yeah. 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 Because Nosferatu. Yeah. I was uh, hoping to maybe drink some of your blood. <laughs> more, that's more. That's more like Minnesotan. I mean, it than makes, Irish, listen, but it makes more sense because let's face it, Mike. <gasps> what Dracula's my people? Yeah, Dracula. <laughs> Dracula's your people. Dracula. Yeah. Anyway, it makes sense because, like, with Irish people in the pubs and shit and drinking oh. constantly, where else would uh, you somebody go up missing? Oh, yeah. Carl, he was just drunk in the alleyway, yeah. probably vomited yeah. himself to death or something. Nobody pays attention to those holes in his neck. Oh, be sure to get some garlic. Oh, is it because of the vampires? No, I'm making a stew. <laughs> also the vampires, but mostly the stew. <laughs> I need links because I need to share this with my folks. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I got my two main ones right here for you. So yeah, so that's Shap this week. Next week, we will be telling the true story of uh, porn actress Mia Khalifa, which is a sad, sad story that more people should know. So that's next week. Join us next week for more Steve's Historic Approximations. And cut on that. Bunny. Yes. We still have a movie to get to. We need to talk about Harold and Kumar. We need to talk about MTV. We need to talk about Dean Cain. Yes. Both the character and the the horrible, horrible human. Yes. We need to talk about Spalding Gray. 
Balding Gray, yes. That was a big surprise. Balding Gray. There were a lot of surprises in this movie. When you're watching a stoner comedy starring two rappers, you don't expect to hear, like, Ramenstein? No. I, that, was a, that was a big one for me, too. It was like, yes, that's Ramstein. It's like, oh, you, you hear, like, four songs from Cypress Hill in a stoner comedy. That's not a surprise. Oh, what? Cypress Hill is now here to do a cameo? Not a surprise. But what is surprise is a very funny scene with Do, do us. Do us. Like that. Surprising. Like this movie, kind of surprising. But uh, before we get to that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. All right. We will be right back with more of the Pope on Film after this. And break. Blue softballs. you to meet a dear friend. Nine killed you. Nine shall die. Your wife no vibes. But you I will kill. But you can't, doctor. I am already dead. Here, how are we going to get him off this? You take his head and I'll take his feet. Let's unscrew him. Dr. Vibes, who samples the finer things of life. In his own inimitable way. Because uh, boils of bats. Frogs? Frogs, yes. And because of blood. Because of hail in the bloody middle of nowhere. You ready for Dr. Five? And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. Act three, buddy! Act three! Act three! Yes, bunny, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here in Team the Pope on film to casually stroll on down to the third and final act of the podcast. And for those of you who may be uninitiated among you, the third and final act of this podcast is dedicated solely to our handpicked and handcrafted one of a kind and available only for a limited time movie of the week. And this week we continue our summer long celebration of the life of character actor, Mr. Fred Willard with a look at the 2001 stoner comedy, How High. <laughs> now, let's start off this week's film with another trip to the Fred Willometer to see 
just how much Fred Willard is in this film. And I feel that a lot of comparisons can be made to 2001's How High and 2004's Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. Yeah. But uh, How High had a lot more Willard than Harold and Kumar had. Because in, in Harold and Kumar... Friend, light on the Willard, though. Yeah, still light on the Willard, but at least he was in, like, three different scenes as opposed to the yeah. one that he was in in Harold and Kumar. So if you're looking for a stoner comedy with Fred Willard, so far, how high is way above Harold and Kumar? Yeah. Is that. And last week, I mentioned... Uh, that I had never seen How High, and I just wished, massively wished, that Fred Willard was the uptight dean who wanted those troublemaking weed smokers out of the fraternity. And I was wrong, but not by much. Because he was like the dean or chancellor of the school. So he was in a position of authority, but he was a pretty cool position of authority. Yeah. Fred Willard first pops up 15 minutes into the film as the chancellor of Harvard who needs to bring in more minorities and brings in Method Man and Red Man. And it's great to hear Fred Willard call Harvard a joint. (laughs) You know, Fred Willard does uptight character well. Yes, he does. You know, so this is a good, uptight Fred Willard character. Good stuff. I really liked how this movie had a lot of small character actor parts that I was really impressed with. You know? like And, in and the I mid- think, I see, I think that that took away from the movie from me. You know, because like at a certain point, I've just lost track of fucking celebrities and shit. You know, so like yeah. you say Cypress Hill, I, I know who Cypress Hill is, but like I would not recognize him on Yeah. Yeah. You know? Uh, hold on. Hold on, Bunny, because uh, Natasha's right here just on deck. Uh, yes, honey? Okay. I am so, so proud of my fandom. And Misha uh, and the uh, good supernatural. Gish, yes, yes, yes. Okay. And the good that Gish does, uh, because the on Twitter, Northern Sparrow on Twitter, they um, it's gonna fall off. Just be careful. Are they? They they submitted last year. Last year. Gish stands for the greatest international scavenger hunt for those of you who are uninitiated. Yes. Um, last year, Gish had before all of this uh, new Black Lives Matter movement, pretty much one of the Gish items was to submit to get uh, like a racist or, you know, deg- like a name yeah, of a place changed. Like you have a, a racist statue or, or a street name or something to try to get that changed. Okay, well, she's submitted a name change for a racist place 
and it was officially approved and it's just a few miles from the White House. She said, uh, I was warned this would never ha- succeed and people tried before and failed. Maybe times are actually changing and said, to, uh, here's the email. We're pleased to inform you that U.S. Board of Geographic Names as at its June 11th, 2020 meeting approved your proposal to change the name of Negro Point Damn. in Westmoreland County, Virginia to Freedom Point. Okay. So, I'm just, I'm just, wow. I'm just, I know, I'm so just happy because what other fucking fandom is out there doing this? No way. We did it for fun and we helped and we did good and it's just wow. proud of my people. Wow. That's a great story. That's a great story. Yeah, Negro Point. Damn. Right? Yeah. Damn. Not even subtle about it. Yeah. Okay. What, this name is about heritage. But it is but it is renamed now, your fandom yeah. yes. Every, even, to their fucking it knees. Even, even gave links to the uh it's been changed in the like national registry and everything. And it gave the government links for it. Um I can yeah, I'm pretty sure you took a bite and put it back. I did it. Well that must have been Max then. Uh I'll send the the tweet to Steve and he can share cool. it. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Or you can just go to Misha Collins' Twitter. He retweeted it. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, if, if you want. Yeah, okay. You, this is why I love Misha so much. Yeah. Hey. I know you love Misha Collins. That's, we probably wouldn't have done Stonehenge Apocalypse. If it wasn't for your love of Misha Collins. What a wonderful film. Such a good film. Such Play a good lines. <laughs> So lines. it took away from you, but I really liked having these uh, character actor type people pop up. Spalding Gray was a surprise. Was a surprise. The professor who loves black people. Eventually registered sex offender Jeffrey Jones was the vice president? Yes. And I checked because I knew that there was some movie that he did right after having to register as a registered sex offender. And I'm like, is this the movie? But no, it wasn't this movie. That was uh, Who's Your Caddy from 2005. And in 2004, I think, is when he had to register as a sex offender. And this came out in 2001. So he was right at the cusp. Yeah. And uh, and Pee Wee skated away on it. Yep. Yep. Because he was part of that same investigation. Yeah. So, like, I I never know how to feel about Pee Wee anymore. Yeah. Jeff Jones was great when he's around. But you know what? I, I, I don't terribly miss him. Yep. Sorry, you Not fucked all. up. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me. Hector Alonso. Yeah. That was a surprise for me. I love uh, Puerto Rican character actor Hector Alonso. He's basically been in every television show ever. Oh, he was the coach. Yeah, he was the coach. Okay. Yeah. Oh God, that fucking guy who's been. I haven't seen him in a while, though. And then he also cropped up in something else I just saw. Like, out of the blue, I saw him in this, and I was like, Christ, I haven't seen that guy in a really long time. 
And then I was watching something else, and he popped up. I don't think I finished watching it. I think whatever it was. Uh, he was in both of the Princess Diary movies. Yeah. Which is where I first became aware of him because of Emerald and the Princess Diaries. But yeah, uh, who else? Who else? Uh, Dean Kane. Yeah. His name is Kane, and he's the Dean. So Dean Kane, the Black Professor, he was Osiris, the head pimp at the Players' Ball in Black Dynamite. Really? Okay. Yeah. So, so like they, they, are all the pimps are there talking, and then there's a uh, Arsenio Hall. And then there's uh, uh, Jonesy from Reno 911 and Captain Kangaroo Pimp. And then finally the head pimp slams his cane down and he does this speech. Pimpin's been around since the beginning of time. And like that was Dean Kane in How High. And I was like, I know you from somewhere. And I looked him up and I'm like, damn, he was Osiris in Black Dynamite. Good for you. The the most surprising. Okay. The two most surprising faces was that Dean Kane's wife is like, I know her from somewhere. I don't know where I know her, but I know her from somewhere. And then I figured it out. She was the wacky neighbor in the TV show Reba. Okay. My mother-in-law was a huge, massive Reba McIntyre fan. And and for some reason, like, I don't know, like five, seven years ago, that show was always on TV somewhere. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, so like, Reba can't act at all. So they made every scene she was in with her wacky neighbor who was really funny and could act. So it got to the point where I was watching the Reba McIntyre show just to watch her funny, wacky neighbor. But it was nice to see her in something. I like her. She was also, I think, in uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but I might have that mistaken. And... Uh, the professor who works with plants that was Bob the Goon. Yes, from- it was. It was Bob the Goon. Yeah. And I was like, damn, I had your action figure. <laughs> you, Bob the Goon. And in the middle of all of this is Fred Willard, and he does a really good job. He doesn't have a lot of screen time, but he has more screen time than Harold and Kumar. I really liked him when he goes to the party and he's dressed as Hugh Hefner and he's yeah. got two on either arm. And then at the end, when he's high and dancing, when he's like dancing and high and telling uh, uh, people off at the end of the movie, like that was good. It was, you know, it was a decent amount of Fred Willard. Okay. Yeah, I, think, I think the amount, the Fred Willardosity of this film is like right in the middle. Like he doesn't have a tiny bit part. But he's not like a star or co-star of the movie. He's right in the middle, like a, like a like the a middle of the. This is a middle of the Willard movie. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Bunny, what were your thoughts on this week's film? It it didn't do anything particularly special for me. You know, it was kind of a formulaic movie. I think it would have helped a lot more if I if I if I uh, knew her somewhere the faces were. I liked the guy who didn't talk. 
I thought the ghost was, was interesting, good. and they should have done like more with him. You know, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, uh, I liked it. It was good. I didn't love it. Yeah, but I thought I I was impressed by its boldness. It, it was a unique film. This is an African-American supernatural stoner romantic comedy buddy movie. Yes. There are not a lot of those in existence. Like, that was... This is a unique flex. You know? Yeah. For a stoner buddy movie. And, and this came out three years before Harold and Kumar came along. So I feel like this movie is a bit of a pioneer, like how high walked so that Harold and Kumar could run. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Interesting theory. Not right here. I'm doing the podcast. I'm doing the podcast and you want to play with the loudest thing in the world right next to the podcast. Go play with it. On the couch in front of the TV on the carpet there. Maybe then you can play with it. Okay, I'll open up your piggy bank for you. But you need to put all of it... Oh, well, it's stuck. Hold on. Ah! Okay, there you go. Play with it on the carpet. Be sure and put all of it away when you're done, okay? And now your Maxwell's coming in hot with another loud thing. I'm almost done, okay, kids? Keep your loud things just away from this table. All right? I love you guys. If you guys do want to bring those loud things over here, that's fine. I'll just have to take out one of your toes. But I'm not a bad guy. I will let you pick the toe. That's called compromise. Okay. Okay. Two, two words for you. Scientific experimentation. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I can uh money pythons. Meaning of life um. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to sell you all to scientific experiments. Uh-huh. Blame the Catholic Church for not letting <laughs> me So um if how high hadn't made $31 million at the box office that I think that Harold and Kumar wouldn't have made three movies and reignited Doogie Hauser's career. Yes. You know, that may very well be possible. Yeah. I liked the movie and it was, it, I didn't love it. Like I wouldn't write home about it, but also I didn't hate it. There were a lot of surprises no. in this. I wasn't expecting it. And I got some chuckles along the way. You know, it it just seemed like they could have done more, you know, like, I don't know. It it was formulaic, but at the same time, like, you were digging up founding fathers so you could smoke their body parts. Like, that could (laughs) have... a lot of other films that would do that you know i wasn't expecting a supernatural aspect to a stoner comedy yeah i wasn't expecting that oh why is a ghost here that's what happens when you smoke someone yeah you know like they use their friends ashes to make it so they 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 use their friends ashes to make weed and now whenever they smoke and the ghost of their smart friend helps them with tests 
I, I wasn't expecting that. I thought it was just, hey, they got good tests. They got into Harvard. I wasn't expecting like a stoner ghost. Yeah. The reason behind that. I I, I wasn't expecting a scene with Ramen Steen featured so heavenly, he- heavily. I wasn't expecting legendary Puerto Rican character actor Hen- Hector Alonso or Tracy Morgan in a Black Field of Dreams movie. Tracy Morgan, yes. It, it, and any film where you can see a little bit of uh, of uh, Garrett Morris. Yeah, this is true. Gets points. You know, for me, kudos to Marvel. He is and- he is really like the Pete best of Saturday Night Live. Yeah. You know, yeah. kudos to Ant-Man for having Garrett Morris in a cameo. Uh-huh. In their Ant-Man movie. And like, good for you, because that was the first time a lot of people saw Ant-Man was yeah. Garrett Morris playing Ant-Man on SNL. Good for you, you know? It takes a while, but eventually I really believed in the friendship of Method Man and Red Man. Like, I, didn't, <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't tell you what their character names were. I think one of them's named Jamal. Like, I don't think that they're good actors, but they're good together. And, and I believed in their friendship. Yeah. In this film. Like, the movie was fun. It's all right. I liked it well enough. Plus, it's short. You get a lot of points. Yes. For a short movie and I think in Red my Man, book. Redman was in something else I'm trying to think of. Was it one of the, like, middle Halloween movies or something like that? I think he was so. in something. Yeah. Like, I keep wanting to say Chucky, and I know that's wrong. No, I think he was in one of the Halloweens. I think you're right like eight or whatever. And now we're starting to use like H2O and shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think he was in that one. Yeah. Okay. So let's do some stats. Universal Studios movie made in 2001. It came out in December, which means that and as America was mourning from the worst terror attack, Universal said, you know, what would make you all feel better in your time of sadness and mourning weed yes so that's odd bold move on universal's part uh-huh this in in december of 2001 but okay um harold and kumar the film so how high cost 20 million dollars to make which right there was the problem harold and kumar cost nine million dollars to make okay so when it made like 25 million dollars in the box office huge hit how high costs too much to make they spent 20 million dollars making this movie so when it only made 30 million dollars in the box office that 30 million sure it was more than how high than than harold and kumar made yeah but when the movie costs $20 million and you make $30 million in the box office, that means that Universal was like, maybe this won't become a franchise. Yeah. You know? And apparently Method Man and Red Man wanted a sequel and they were fighting for one, but Universal just put their foot down and said no. Eventually, Method Man and Red Man dropped out of a sequel, but then the movie was 
the sequel was picked up by MTV. And so they went ahead with a sequel to How High without Method Man and Red Man. So How High 2 stars two rappers that I've never heard of. And they ran it on MTV on 4-20-2019, which thanks to the pandemic was 20 years ago. Yes. Uh-huh. The, the, the thing that I love the most about How High is that they didn't even try to not make it look like UCLA. Okay. I love it because a lot of times they're like, yes, Harvard, we are here in the halls of Harvard. Look at Harvard. But in this film, you just hear people say they're in Harvard and there's one like sign that says Harvard that they run into. Other than that, they're not hiding the fact that, fuck it, we're filming this at UCLA. This is UCLA. <laughs> and I love that. I was like, oh, I wonder I wonder how they're going to do this. There's no way that Harvard would let them film in. Oh, no, it's UCLA. Okay, it's UCLA. They're not even they're not even going to hide it. It's fucking UCLA. And, and, and this is a great time to discuss. There's been a lot of Supermans. Yes. I love how quickly Dean Kane became the worst Superman. Yes. For a while, I thought, oh, Brandon Routh has that in the bag. And then I was like, wait a second. These new, uh, the DC Cinematic Universe shit the bed so bad that maybe, maybe the new Superman is going to be the worst Superman. And then Dean Kane came along and said, no, I've got this. <laughs> American hero. I'm going to star in Christian movies. Abortion doctors are murderers. And so this week on Fox and Friends, Dean Cain did an interview that was all over uh, Twitter and all over social media because Dean Cain said, yes, people know me as Superman. But uh, and Superman fights bad guys, but the worst bad guy are liberals and cancel culture. Because of these dirty liberals, if I was Superman now, I probably wouldn't be able to fight for truth, justice, and the American way. They probably wouldn't even let me say America. So all this week I've been seeing on Twitter people just saying, oh, wow. How amazing that Dean Cain's the worst Superman now. People like Brandon Routh now. <laughs> you know, and now that the Snyder's cut's coming out, people are like, you know what? Uh, ben Affleck didn't do that bad of a job. You know what? I kind of liked their version of Superman. And now people are excited about his Superman again. Henry yeah. Cavill? Something like that. And, and uh, apparently they're signing him up to possibly be Superman in more movies. And like, oh, so suddenly y'all like that Superman now? <laughs> fucking weird. Oh, we're shitting on Dean Kane now. Okay. Dean Kane, you're the worst fucking Superman. Hey. And now people are praising Ben Affleck's Batman. And, and oh, he really did do a good job of being like a tortured Bruce Wayne. And I'm over here in the corner going... Val Kilmer was pretty good, guys. <laughs> Y'all shit on him because Jim Carrey was uh, bouncing off the walls, but Val Kilmer did a good job. He was better than uh, what's his name? 
the one after he was a he was better than Clooney. I'm sorry. Val Kilmer was better than Clooney. Yeah, gotta go with the nipples on this one. Fucking, I still say we should put nipples on Joel Schumacher's coffin. <laughs> put them right there on the coffin, just sticking out on the top of the coffin, well, motherfucker. Well, we could probably still start a GoFundMe. Yeah. I don't, have have anyway, you put them in the ground yet? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. Hey, anyway, final thought. How high? Mostly harmless. Mostly harmless. I could totally give it a mostly harmless. How high is mostly? Yeah. What's that? It was cute. It was. Yeah. It was cute. It was funny in parts. Like, I, I kind of liked it. You it know, has a, it has a couple of chuckles. It is not without its charm. Yeah. I, yeah. I can go there. I love any movie that does a blooper reel at the end, Jackie Chan, Smokey and the Bandit style. <laughs> yes. I love that. I love the end credit blooper reel. You always get points for me for that. Entertainment Weekly listed how high as number three on their list of top stoner comedies of all time. How high was number three? And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all right with that. So, so that's it for this week. Next week. Let's see how high was 2001 the riff tracks missile to the moon he did that riff track before he died we need to go pretty old now okay so next week it's already on the cough cough it took forever to find i got americathon americathon oh my god I, it, this used to be on TV all of the time, and I, I would watch parts of it, but I don't think I ever sat down and watched all of it. So it's like an alternate universe where the energy crisis just kept happening. Something like that. We owed a lot like of money to Saudi in our Arabia and shit. for some reason. Hmm. So like they weren't supplying us with oil, and everybody was living in their cars. Huh. Yeah, this is, yeah, I, I, I don't remember a thing from this movie other than John Ritter's The President. Who was also living in his car. Yeah, so that was the only thing that I remember. So it'll be nice to go back to that and see if I remember any of it. So that's yeah. next week. But now that I'm looking back at this week, the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, very emotional, a lot of tears shed. Bella cried a couple of times. I got to say, I think that this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. This has been a damn good episode of the podcast. I was going to say that. I didn't want to step on your toes. You're the person who makes those classifications. And I don't want to, you know, infringe on any of your shit. I don't want to impose. So, yes, I agree with your statement. Good, sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Stephen on behalf of Natasha, Maxwell, Eleanor, Bella, and everybody else. I just want to say thanks for listening. 
And we will see you next week, you godless heathens. And you do shruffles and pupitas. And I hear a door opening. I hear someone running down the hallway. And you pugs. And you pugs, okay. <laughs> Different one. Do 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 do